1: What's up, everybody? It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green, joined by Brett Berry and Ronnie Stolfel, because we figure it's NAU week, guys. It's in-state rivalry week, so we have to make this monster... No, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, NAU. Like We don't have much to talk about there. Um, but guys, we can talk about what happened last week. I know every one of us thought Arizona was going to end the losing streak against San Diego State. And then four plays into that game, it was apparent that that might be... Might be a tough ask. And, of course, Arizona loses 38-14 to 14 in the home opener of the Jetfish era. Never competitive. Brett, you were at the game. So, like, your thoughts on that one first. Just, like, like watching news, like, this was disappointing, but you were there. What was it like?
2: So, first off, welcome back, Ronnie. I missed you. Um, you know, a week ago, I felt confident Ronnie was going to owe us each some beer per his uh, bold claim. And then what a difference a week makes. Um <laughs> You know, it's it it was kind of being there in person. It was an interesting time because I I think there was fairly well chronicled the snafus with getting people into the stadium. Uh, It was not great. (laughs) Um, We actually got in like the student section. First of all, there was a line. I think I tweeted it out. There was like a line all the way to Highland uh, to get into the into the student section, the Zona Zoo. When I passed at like five thirty, which was super impressive. Uh, and so, like, I was optimistic there was going to be, like, some nice energy and a buzz around, you know, around the stadium. But then when <laughs> you go into the stadium, we, we, you know, we waited in line for probably a good half hour. And then you get in there and then the game is already starting. And then, you know, a handful of plays into the game, you're giving up a touchdown real Four. fast on the fourth play. Yeah, <laughs> it, it uh the, the the lack of crowd to see your team get manhandled quickly kind of made the vibe dissipate. Fairly quickly. Well, maybe the like um, crowd
1: people, like they were doing the right thing by keeping people out of the stadium. They're like, you don't want to watch this. We're going to do you all a favor. And But yeah, like I mean, Ronnie, we were talking before the show, too. Like, Arizona, there was all the buzz, right? And the first game is BYU didn't do anything to dampen that. It was like, hey, they were competitive. They had a chance to win that game. Now you come home. Jed Fish was going to the frat houses trying to get people to go to the games. And it sounds like that worked. Students turned out for this game, and like non-students tried to go to the game. But what they saw was just awful football from Arizona, like from the beginning.
0: Absolutely terrible. Gentlemen, uh, hello, by the way. It's been a little while. Brett, I've obviously missed you a lot. But I think I, – I Adam, as you said, right, we all expected us to take care of business last week against San Diego State, right? I mean – and this all goes back to – I just, what we saw, I mean, it it was night and day for both teams, really. Okay, I didn't watch a snap of San Diego State against New Mexico State, uh, and for good reason, unless you went to either of those schools. I don't know why you would have watched that game. Um, But what I know is the final score was 28-10, and San Diego State was shut out at home to New Mexico State. For those of you who who don't really follow college football or, or specifically New Mexico State, New Mexico state is one of the, if not the worst program, like running for like a few years easily. I mean, UMass is up there. Well, yeah. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. So, you know, UMass is up there for sure. And, and obviously we're alive and well in that, in that running as well now, but um, so, you know, coming out of that and then just seeing, Seeing how we performed against BYU and, and you know, I, I kind of even thought, you know, like, hey, we come out of BYU. I would, None of us, I don't think, were really expecting to beat BYU. But coming out of that, it's just like, okay, we'll show some things, right? Like, look competent, which, you know, check, they did. Uh, well, I, I'll gladly take a moral victory, roll some mm-hmm. momentum into San Diego State. And, unfortunately, I think the, the moral victory backfired right in their faces, right? All week, they were kind of being talked up to be like, Hey, you know, maybe a couple field goals change that game. Um, maybe if w- foreshadowing Gunnar Cruz isn't holding on to the ball uh, very long for a couple plays, uh, then, the you know, that game switches. Against- but
1: everything that was a problem against BYU seemed correctable. And it certainly seemed correctable against a team that, as far as anyone thought it was concerned was not as good as BYU. Plus Arizona was at home in this game. And I think that like if there was a neutral side or if it was at San Diego State, I'm not sure how confident we all would have been, but at home, with all this energy in the offseason, you're like, okay, let's get the Jet era really truly going in this game. And four plays in it was seven nothing. Then like another handful of plays later it was 14 nothing. Then you get a blocked punt that's returned for a touchdown. You're down twenty one nothing before you really do anything offensively. Yeah, they got a touchdown the Stanley Berry with a great catch and run. But that was it, and you know, it's. I don't want to take a ton from it because Arizona, we knew it was going to be a struggle this year, right? Like even our most optimistic take was four wins, you know. But this was supposed to be one of those four, so we're not looking and saying this is a really good football team. So the fact that they played a bad game isn't the most surprising thing in the world, but it's certainly disappointing after what we saw against BYU. And the progress they're going to make is not going to be linear. You know, it's going to be like you're going to have some good plays some good games maybe and some bad games and then the totality of the season is what you'll really understand okay was this a success but coming on the heels of that BYU game where we all felt pretty good the moral victories yeah I agree it was like okay I was expecting like I was expecting a win but if not a win I was expecting to compete against San Diego State and they didn't like they were not outclassed by BYU they were outclassed by San Diego State on the field with the coaching everything was just bad and it was so reminiscent of a 2020 game where it's like they didn't belong in the same field as their opponent And that's understandable when it's, I don't know, Washington, USC, even ASU last year. It's not understandable when it's San Diego state.
2: Well, so, you know, months ago, I think I said that my top three concerns, not like it's a crazy intellect that I'm bringing here was quarterback play, offensive line play. And a distant third was the defense in terms of what was the entire defense (laughs) and like, all of them struggled in that game. And some yeah. of it was, some of it was more concerning than other things. Like I, I did not expect, I expected a Don Brown defense to have, you know, boomer bust tendencies. And if you're aggressive, you're going to get beat on some big plays. So that didn't necessarily surprise me. The tackling being so bad concerned me. Um, one thing that I noticed very early on, and I'm curious to hear you guys' perspective watching on the TV. Cause you know, my seats, Adam, you've been in those seats. They're pretty good seats. They're relatively close. Strong. Flex. I was kind of, yeah, well, I mean, they are, <laughs> um the the thing that early on I was like, oh, you know, I've been feeling pretty good about our defensive line adding size and talent and depth. They looked small next to San Diego State's offensive line, which is a little frightening to me because like I felt like that's finally getting to be more of a, a position group of strength. And it, it kind of makes me wonder if San Diego State doesn't have to pass the ball because they have a really just big Muller O line. But I'm curious to hear how you guys saw it on the on the on on the television screen. Because it sure sure seemed that way in, in, in real life, just in sheer size. And then they, they basically manhandled the players. And their the coaching, uh, the, the approach that San Diego State took basically di- didn't seem complicated. It just said, here's where we're going to win in one-on-one battles and exploit it. And we had no answer for it.
0: I don't know. I, I don't really remember that jumping out too much. I, I, I was just getting caught living in the past of 2020. Um, I, I, just, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I mean, to that point, I mean, if, if that's true and honestly, I'll go back and, and watch a few plays just, just to keep an eye on that. Cause Brett, I think that that's a f- fair point. Like if San Diego state is outsizing us and just dominating us, uh, up front like that in, in, in a air quotes, you know, much improved defensive line, that's very scary to think then what's going to happen. The first game of conference play against Oregon, um, you know, I, obviously that that's, um, Nobody's feeling too good about that right now. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I guess, honestly, back to what I'm saying, though, it's like I, I was so just thrown off and disoriented from the fact that we just gave up a four-play, 75-yard touchdown drive to open the game, then a three and out, and then, um, you know, after a good punt, that was fine. Then we gave up a 96-yard drive for a touchdown. We get the ball back, three and out, uh, blocked punt for a touchdown 21 nil just like that and, yeah. and I, I i i don't know adam did, did size jump out to you or no, were you speed, just really blown speed away
1: jumped out at me now there were the defensive line was getting pushed around but it was up to the linebackers and the safeties to make those tackles and i know jed fish talked about don brown said too they missed like 16 tackles in that game is what they charted and a lot of them like with the don brown defense there's one guy left to make the tackle you know, when you are blitzing, there's the safety of the linebacker. They have to make that tackle, and they didn't in this game. And what was concerning was – it's almost like it's con- more concerning because it was so positive after the first game. But going to this one, like, you knew that San Diego State, they wanted to run the ball. Like, that's their bread and butter. Like, granted, their passing game was really on point. quarterback was a lot more accurate against Arizona than he was the previous week. But <laughs> also what guys wide open. we were, were led open. to believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they want to run the ball, and you feel like you could find a way to sell out and stop the run. But the problem is, when you do that, everyone's in the box, and if you miss your tackles, there's no one behind them. So I don't know if it was the size so much, but certainly speed and just the lack of tackling. But at the same time, you'd like to think Arizona, and this is probably the indictment of the previous coaching staffs, there's a reason why their size isn't overwhelming an opponent like San Diego State. You know, like, so if they are small up front, like Arizona is smaller up front than they should be as a Power Five, Pac 12 school, that just can't be changed this season.
2: So I. I don't know if this is accurate, but I pulled up because I was curious if I could find the San Diego State depth chart. And if this depth chart is accurate, their their line goes six five three thirty, six two three zero five, six four three twenty, six two three zero five, six six three twenty from left to right. Like that's a sizable line. Yeah, but that's um, like
1: that's a power five size line, and that's you know Arizona. We've talked about their front seven. Like I like their front seven. They have guys who have played at this level. They having Trevon Mason's really good. You know, Harris supposed to be good this, you know. <laughs> Keon Barr's like, they got players there. But I just think, I don't know what it was. Like, I would be more inclined to point to tackling being the issue than anything else, you know. Because there were times where the running back, he would get there, get a couple of yards, and you got to bring him down right there. And Arizona just didn't. And it was the big plays. Like, that was I, think the I think
2: it's tackling and contain, though, because I'm not sure yeah. we kept contain either.
1: No, no. But it just, it wasn't like they put together other, like, a long 15-play drives either even the 96-yard drive whatever it was they had i think like a 70-yard pass play in there something like that you know when you give those big plays it allows an offense like that which just wants to grind it out to look better than it is and even in the second half when maybe they were trying a little bit less arizona's defense did better <laughs> you know but at the, at the obviously the game was over at that point but i don't i don't know like, it didn't strike me that Arizona was slow, like was smaller than San Diego State, not in any meaningful way, but certainly it looked slower in the defensive backfield. Like in that, well, I,
2: I think, in the inverse though too, our offensive line, aside from any pass protection struggles, there was just no real threat of a running game. I think Drake Anderson averaged had eight yards on five carries. Michael Wiley six yards on five carries. Like. The holes weren't there. They weren't finding ways to get them the ball in space, and if you can't control the lines at all and you can't move the ball, um, you know, I, I I didn't have the opportunity to rewatch this game, which I You're usually learn a lot it. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah usually, don't waste your time. I know. I I learned a lot more rewatching, it because then I'm emotionally removed, knowing the outcome already. Jed Fish uh, gets
1: paid to watch the games over. We don't. I would not recommend doing that.
2: Yeah. How how much of a glutton for punishment is Jed Fish when he said he went home and watched the game like twice in a row and then again the next day?
1: (laughs) You mentioned the offense. We could talk about the defense. I think that was the most disappointing because the defense was solid against BYU. I'm like, hey, if they play like that, they're going to be fine. They'll be in games. But offensively, yeah, they were just miserable. And to your point, Brett, Arizona could not establish their run. In the passing game, we were texting back and forth, and I saw a lot of people on social about Gunnar Cruz. Was he holding the ball too long? It's like, I don't get that because I don't see the L-22. I don't know if guys are open. He's not seeing them. Like I wait for the coaches to kind of say, what they think because they watch the film like that. Well, there's a change at quarterback. Will Plummer starting against NAU. So obviously Gunner Cruz was not playing the position at a high level when against BYU he was pretty good, you know? So it's offensively they never got anything going. And the running game, yeah, their offensive line was getting manhandled up front. There were no holes for the guys there. A couple of nice plays. There was the bomb to Tavian Cunningham who made that catch between two guys. The throw of the touchdown passed him seven yards from Will Plummer. Will Plummer's first career touchdown. <laughs> you know? Like, it was a nice throw. But also, that's in the fourth quarter, I don't think. Garbage State, time. I mean, yeah, it's garbage time. So, yeah. like, the offense, how... When you look at the offense, just how bad it was. And it wasn't great against BYU, but they did move the ball pretty regularly against the Cougars. Like, is that more concerning than the defense? Because we never expected the teams to be great. We were just hoping they'd be solid. The offense was pretty bad against San Diego State. I, mean, I don't think San Diego State's a team that is there to shut you down. Like, that's not they're not that good defensively.
0: Um I'll, I'll I'll take the first stab at that. I I actually think and and this was a bit of the concern coming out of camp was um, what is the defense, right? Like everybody kept talking up, you know, like well, these different looks and you don't know where the you know the blitzing is coming from and just schematically it just creates so much confusion blah blah blah. To me, I mean, even at the time, I mean, it, it's a lot of smoking mirrors, right? Like, and so it's like, what, what, what is actually happening there? And I know that, you know, the front seven really reloaded and, and, and I mean, this, you know, last year was just such a one-off because of, you know, transfers, opt-outs, injuries, everything that took place, right? So it's almost, I mean, to say that this is a reloaded front seven, I mean, it is really an understatement. It's not even really like a knock at what happened last year, right? Because last year was just, again, such a one-off, but, but The point being is even though there was such a reload of, you know, air quotes talent and just depth on the defensive side of the ball, it's still like, what does that actually mean, though? Right. Because if your reference point is what took place last year, then I I don't know how much of an upgrade that really is. So as far as like the smoke and mirrors and everything, I the confusion can be great. But to your point earlier, Adam, with you know if, if you're blitzing as much as you are, you're leaving a single high safety and every you know all the corners are on are on islands, then you're really leaving yourself vulnerable to where if, if you're leaving, if you are not if you are ill equipped on the back end uh, to handle that type of, uh, I guess competition, then it, it's it's not gonna go well, right? So I think like that, that's really what we saw. And then I, I think as far as like offensively, to the point of, you know, like, well, you know, it, it's tough to tell in, in, in just the zoomed in camera. If you're just looking at the line of scrimmage, like who was open or not. You could tell that Gunner Cruz was definitely holding on to the ball. Oh, like pump obviously, fake yeah you know,
1: yeah, you know like, hesitating.
0: like, like, dude, like, just get rid of the ball. You know, like you're going to take a sack or it's just like now, you know, everybody, you know, just like the coverage, you know, converged on one place. Like it's it's gone. It's gone. Like trust yourself a little bit. But honestly, I, I'm, I'm even leaning more a little bit more towards. Um. This is on the coaching staff to me because clearly they were not prepped at all for this game. You know, like you can blame the players all you want, like defensively the players are what the players are right. And Gunnar Cruz is what Gunnar Cruz is at this stage of his career. Um, But this is very much on the coaching staff because they got, I think swooped up in the moral victories a little bit as well last week. And and I'm not going to say that they didn't, you know, really try to prepare this week, but that was a crap game plan, like clearly. And what's the old saying? Uh, yeah, everybody has a plan to your punch in the mouth and they got punched in the mouth immediately. And they clearly didn't have a plan B because it was just, you know, it, it was just long gone, you know, what five minutes into the game.
2: Yeah. I think I, I, I tend to agree with Ronnie. Um, I think I tweeted out in the first quarter that I was legitimately shocked at how unprepared Arizona seemed for this game with all that was kind of writing on it in terms of a prove-it opportunity. Um, In terms of on the field, I think for me, by far, my biggest concern, more than the defense, more than Gunnar Cruz or Will Plummer, or even if it's Jordan McLeod, um, the offensive line is the most concerning thing to me. Cause even if you're, I mean, you were down 21, nothing really quickly. You still have to be able to run the ball occasionally to keep them honest. And if they know you're going to be trying to pass and you still get less than two yards to carry, cause you can't even open up <laughs> holes for talented running backs. Boy, I don't know. And then to Ronnie's point of the coaching staff, like, you know, we talked, we heard all this stuff about, um, Markoff as a fullback, if you're really struggling to get, you know, we have the tight ends in there. Like, Go a jumbo package of three tight ends and a fullback and say, damn it, we're getting four yards of carry for a couple plays in a row and try to make them respect you or and then throw some play action plays, right? You know, the, there's the play calling has has been less than I expected so far. And I don't know if that's a game plan question, if it's a confidence in the players to execute question, um, you know, if they don't have faith that a quarterback can actually get all the way back to a five step drop or if. <laughs> We have a quarterback that makes a turns a three-step drop into the same time period as a five-step drop mm-hmm. due to pump fakes. Um, it's just kind of one of those things where I think everything had problems, but my my biggest concern is right now is that offensive line because I think there unless they can establish a running game with relatively talented running backs, you're you're never going to set the the quarterback up for success no matter who it is. And if you're getting less than two yards of carry in college football. You're, it's going to be a long season.
1: And, and we noticed this too. I know Wildcat Radio Twitter account uh, mentioned it Saturday during the game about how far back San Diego State's corners were playing off Arizona's receivers, where there seemed to be a lack of respect for Arizona's passing game. And when that's the case, and they're loading up the run, like you have to burn them with the pass. I... Oh, and, the,
2: and Adam, the safeties, the safeties were ten yards from the line of scrimmage. The safeties, they <laughs> they did not have. Any respect for any pass, right? So if that's all, the case, other than a like, swing pass,
1: if, if that's the case, you have to throw your way out of it. Like you can't run into that front. I don't care. Like Arizona's offensive line isn't that good to run into. You know, an eight-man box. <laughs> like they're just not. And you can go jumbo all you want, but then you're just playing into what San Diego State wants you to do. You have to beat them with the pass, and that's where the quarterback could become an issue. Be- and also, well, can make- I ask, yeah.
2: Can yeah ask? Can I ask a question? I I don't recall. Also, I was at the game, and I maybe had an adult beverage or two. Um did they ever actually run a play action play in that game to try yes. to did they like a real play action, not like the the read option kind of
0: fake? Like a Yeah.
1: Z- it just didn't work. Like when you're not running the ball play action doesn't work.
0: <laughs> oh. I think that it, it's Brett Brett to, to that point, like you know, what was the game plan versus like execution of the game plan? I think this is this is a hundred percent of Gunner Cruz. I think San Diego State watched the BYU film, and I know that I know that Gunner Cruz had some flashes. I mean, my God, what he he passed for what more than 350 yards, right? Um, I think that I I I, I think I think that the tape's out, right? And 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 it's no secret that this guy holds on to the ball. Like if you go to any sort of beat writing that takes place uh, for Arizona, what's the first knock that you're going to read on Gunner Cruz? And why this is even a competition, like a quarterback competition. It's because he's not confident in his decision-making and he holds on to the ball. San Diego State knew if we apply pressure to him, there will be no passing game. And if we stack the box, then be damned with the passing game because it's not there anyway. They're not going to run on us. So it's like, you know, I think it was just the perfect storm of, you know, the game plan was tailored to maybe take away from Gunnar Cruz a little bit, just knowing like, hey, let's not necessarily – he might be slow getting going, right? Go back to BYU. Like it took him a little bit to get warmed up. By God, when he was warmed up, he he looked competent for sure. Um, so it was maybe you know just this weird combination. It's just it was just so disappointing to watch. I I, I don't know. I mean, obviously next week's not going to be the same thing, and we'll get to that. But um, gosh, yeah, it was it, bad. You know what it, you know
2: what it feels like to me. It's just like when teams quickly figured out against Khalil Tate just blitz Arizona and they can't do anything except for Gunner Cruz doesn't even have the threat of running like Khalil. Yeah, he, he literally
0: can't <laughs> do anything then. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, well, that they, also they the checks.
1: That all leads to questions about this coaching staff, too, guys, because it's their job to put these players in the best position to succeed. That did not appear to be the case against San Diego State. Let's take a break and we come back. Let's go to this coaching staff and be like, are we pleased? Are we disappointed? How do we feel about Jed Fish and his staff? Welcome back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. And, guys, I, I'm one of those people where we went into this season, everyone went into this season, saying it's going to take time, that the roster just isn't there. Like, they brought in all these transfers, but the talent just isn't there. The hope was that there was more talent than we saw last season. You know, with new coaching, better coaching, they played better, but everyone knew that this talent just wasn't there. Then they played two games. One's a competitive loss against a pretty good, now-ranked BYU team. The other a disappointing blowout at home against San Diego State, which hmm, they might be better than we think. We'll find out over the coming you know weeks and months. And I'm not going to be like, oh, they lost that game. Therefore, I am down on this coaching staff. I felt good about them two weeks ago, but now they don't know what they're doing. But like we're talking about before the break, it certainly seemed like the game plan was not adaptable. It was not fixable. Like, Gunnar Cruz is who Gunnar Cruz is, and if he can't handle that pass rush, why is there not a way to get the ball out of his hands quickly or to even just go to Will Plummer sooner, right? Like, there are certain things coaches can do to put their players in a position to succeed, and it did not seem to be the case on Saturday against San Diego State. Now, Jed Fish, he mentioned he's got to coach better. He took blame. He took responsibility. Of course, Kevin Sumlin took a lot of responsibility, too, after loss after loss. So that doesn't mean as much to me. It sounds good in a press conference. It doesn't really mean much. But what are you guys' feelings on this coaching staff now with 120 minutes of football, coach, you know, football under their belts, in what we've seen.
2: I mean, I'll will start off, and then, Ron, you can give your thoughts. I think it's a tale of two games to a large extent. Um, honestly, the coaching staff in the last game, like I said, I they didn't they were on as opposed to the first game where they were disciplined. You could maybe see some of the lack in talent, but they were disciplined. They were holding the edge, uh, setting the edge on defense. They were executing reasonably well on offense, even if not going you know, too creative. And the game plan seemed to get better as the game went on, on both offense and defense. I'm not even sure that the game plan got any better against San Diego State. San Diego State just decided to control the clock. When you're and- down
1: 21 nothing, it's hard to really make too many... I mean, there's still a lot of football left. <laughs>
2: like, I mean, was, they were pretty far down
0: against BYU. We were down 21-3 did. against yeah. BYU. It's effectively it, it, the same felt, score, different it, feel. It
1: felt but, a lot uh, different yeah. against BYU, like it did. But yeah, to your point, like it was just bad. <laughs> like they didn't make yeah. any adjustments. It seemed like they didn't really make any changes.
2: I th- I think I think I'm less surprised or concerned the defense because we knew what they you know not the talent level you need to fully execute a don brown defense with all the the high risk high reward i expect a lot of big plays to be given up and hopefully they you know they have more of a puncher's chance against offenses that are bluntly more talented than they are so i I give a little bit of a pass to the defense in that regard like they still got abused pretty handily on like screen passes and Mm -hmm. and they were they were much less disciplined the tackling was worse and i'm I think I tweeted out the Don. Apologies to the uh, the families of uh, Don Brown's defense because they're going to get murdered at halftime. <laughs> um, I I think the the again the more concerning thing to me I think is probably the offense and just the the game plan on offense. I don't I don't know what it was. It like they didn't necessarily even look to establish the run. They could they they rarely had receivers. You know even threatening the safeties that were playing so shallow or. Using their, you know, the the defensive pressure from San Diego State against them, using you know, using some screen passes, you know, those kind of basic uh, offensive play calling fundamentals. I just, I, I don't know if they just don't have the confidence in their ability to execute that, but I I didn't see any modifications that really that made me feel very good about uh, Jed Fish and Brennan Carroll's offense more so than the defense. The defense is kind of like I kind of expected to be kind of puncher's chance, high risk high reward. The offense I expected a little bit more something i don't i don't know what the game like i i I really don't know what their plan really was and that's when you have no identity or what the plan is that's that's hard to be successful
0: i think that this was a great uh learning experience for everyone um because i think that byu again moral victory and they came out of that feeling like they definitely could have won that game and i agree like that game was definitely winnable um i think that I think that though a large piece of this, and and I think you touched on that a little bit, Brett was, um, they know that they are, they know that they're restricted somewhat to just the ability of what Gunnar Cruz has right at this point in his career. Like he, he has a lot of good pieces, I think. Right. I mean, his physique is great. Like he's got the arm. I, I mean, his accuracy seems to be pretty there. Um, but he just needs to gain confidence. It seems like, and I think that that just comes with experience. I mean, right? Like he didn't really do anything in Washington State. So the fact that you know he, he was basically, you know, he started his first game right uh, against BYU in a pretty big situation, right? Basically a road game in an NFL stadium that was packed. So, um, but 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 I think that they also knew his limitations, and so they constructed this game plan around. Um, what they expected to see from San Diego State and San Diego State's defense ended up being far more aggressive than I think they possibly could have imagined, and then it just completely neutered Gunner Cruz. And then they clearly didn't have a backup plan. I, th- I think you know, like where we stand today, I'm still okay. You know, I, I I'm still very pleased. I think overall, um, with with the coaching staff, just because I think that there have been flashes, like specifically in the BYU game. I'm willing to write off the San Diego state game. Um, you know, cause, cause I think like fundamentally, if you think back to that BYU game and, uh, what, so it, it, it was the drive that st- it was 21, three. And it was the drive that stalled like, uh, at the BYU, like inside the, inside the 45 or something. And it resulted in that punt and they pinned him on the punt, which led to just that whole crazy swing mm-hmm. of, you know, safety touchdown, two point conversion. Holy crap. We have a game. Um, that was an NFL call, and you saw them actually do the same thing in the San Diego State game. They came out; they, got I mean, they got they definitely got rocked early on. Um, but when they punted and they were down, I think it was actually the the, the blocks punt. That was basically was that right? No, I mean, no, 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 a really good punt, Sorry. They were
1: down seven, nothing seven nothing and and
0: then and then they went on the 96 yards so like Mm -hmm. yeah excuse me thank you adam yeah that 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 was it was the 96 yard drive it was the second one to make it 14 nothing but like they are fundamentally sound from a coaching staff perspective and defensively brett it's what you talked on right like they know there are also limitations you know depth just overall i i I think matchup wise i mean i i I mean i hate to say talent wise right because i don't want to be like Mean about it, but it's like, I mean, clearly, like, there might be some talent but that's gaps the reality, too, so. right? And really, yeah, it, good it's the reality,
1: really good talent. And when people get on coaching, and I'm not here to just say that they've done a great job because I don't know, but people, when it comes to coaching, oftentimes, if a play works, it was a great play call. The coaching is really good. And when you have really good players, like Clay Helen looked like a pretty good coach how many years ago, right? Because they had superior talent, and Arizona does not have that, they have some good players. Stanley Berry has been really good, you know, getting the ball in his hands is, is a nice thing to do. Christian Ramon is good. Isaiah Rutherford had what should have been an easy pick six, hit him in the chest. You know, there's some good players on the team, but Arizona is not so supremely talented where they can just show up and beat someone without playing a good game. And against the United States, they not play a good game, and we can talk about game plans all we want. When you're down 21-0 in the first quarter, your game plan has to change. And Arizona <laughs> is not built to be a team that throws the ball 50 times and wins, especially if their offensive line can't protect. A Gunner Cruz, he was fine. I think forty he, he like something passes against BYU, but he had a comfortable enough pocket. He was moving, he was moving around, spreading the ball around. Whatever the defense they were doing was different. I guess the three-three-five that San Diego State was running that confused him. That might be an experience issue, but regardless, like to I think Brett's point, there are always things you can do as coaches to try to get a quarterback going. And I don't know if screen passes work when they're only rushing four. It wasn't like San Diego State was blitzing a lot; they were just getting pressure, and that makes it really difficult to game plan around because. Like at that point, your quarterback is who your quarterback is. If he can't handle it, he can't handle it.
2: Well, if if they're only rushing four, then I go back to uh, you have to be able to get more than one and a half yards to carry from your running backs. Right.
0: See, Uh, but the tricky part there is they're only rushing four. So they're creating a pass rush with just their defensive linemen. But that doesn't mean that the backers are dropping in coverage. Like they're standing there waiting for the run.
2: But can I get can I give you? I was playing around with, looking at the stats. Can I give you guys a, a fun uh, and by fun I mean completely not fun and very sad
0: for us as Arizona? Do we need fans. like a uh, warning
1: for our listeners on Wildcat Radio? Uh, like we care about y'all, we really do. We appreciate it, but sorry for what you're about to hear.
0: Yeah, yeah. Please, um, uh, please hit the fast forward thirty seconds in three, <laughs> two, one. All right. Question: How many
2: players on San Diego State had more rushing yards than Arizona's running backs
0: combined in that game? Everyone who got a carry. Does that include the quarterback? Oh, my Lord. Um, I'm going to guess three, I guess. I don't know.
2: So Drake Anderson had eight. Michael Wiley had six for a total of 14 yards. San Diego State had five guys rush for more than 14, and, and one just missed at 13, including their backup quarterback had more rushing yards than our running backs combined on two carries for 18 yards.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, that, I mean, that just underscores the point that it got out of control pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that, that's a very jarring stat, but, um, yeah, I mean, again, that, that that's just it. Like, it, it was a lost cause very early on, and, uh, the coaching staff is to blame. I don't think the players are, I think the coaching staff's to blame. Uh, like,
1: I, I struggle with that just because we know the players are not the best. Like- so, how, so, I, so my the counter course, could coaching have been better? Probably. But coaching always looks better when the players are good.
0: <laughs> so so my counter to that is the coaches should know the players and they should know every in and out of their limitations and they should know what San Diego State could potentially throw at them. To me, again, there was no backup plan there was no backup plan offensively, defensively. This, the scheme is what the scheme is, right? I mean, it's like, you're going to blitz and you're going to try to do what you want to do. But um, I, I am not. No, I, I think that this is totally on the coaching staff. Cause you got to know what these players are capable of. Well,
2: I think even dissecting that a little bit, um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm more agreeing with Ronnie as I think about this more than it's, it's it, well, <laughs> it, you know, He's my. It's he's been a my, while. It's been yeah. a while. <laughs> we miss each other. Um, I, I don't. I you know. Speaking of finding ways for the coaching staff to change your game plan and know what they're capable of, uh, Drake Anderson and Michael Wiley are both capable receivers out of the backfield. You know how many total catches and how many total yards they had on receptions. Michael Wiley had two catches for negative two yards, so you couldn't even find ways to get Drake Anderson the ball in space uh,
0: in, in a creative it
2: way. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's it was just a complete, utter lack of competence. And you should be able to manufacture some type of uh, yardage. It, I mean, there was it was there was just three and out after three and out after three and out. You should be able to scheme your way to a first down once in a while. Um, um, it was. It was it was the inverse of the BYU game where Arizona outgained BYU and basically outplayed them in a lot of ways of the fundamentals of just sheer yardage um you know missed on some execution on things but this game they there was no thing that Arizona did well and San Diego State executed on everything and that's how we got where
0: we were Adam, I I, I, I kind of want to pivot this conversation now because it's very possible, barring injury, that that the Gunner Cruz um, appearances are, are over this I season. I don't think so. I don't think it, they so. And in, in, in here's why I think, again, barring injury, um, NAU is the only tune-up game on the schedule. And if you still had confidence in him, you would have thrown him out there as the starter against NAU, and you would have said, let's build up some momentum going into conference play. And the fact that you're going to now give it to basically, I, I, I mean, the, the the slotted second, second, you know, uh, backup quarterback, the second string quarterback tells me that Gunnar Cruz is in the doghouse and I don't necessarily disagree, but I also then think that, okay, well, great. So he'll just play backup. Well, of course now, you know, what's the first thing that Jed Fish said after the decision, Jordan McLeod's going to has the, has now the chance to work his way up. I think, and I'm going to, Adam, I'm going to start with you, and then I want uh, and, then, and then I want Brett to chime in on this. I personally think that this is going to open open the path for Jordan McLeod to be the starter by potentially Colorado, if not UCLA, because I, I think that honestly, Gunnar Cruz is has lost all faith from the coaching staff at this point, and I don't think that we can possibly put him out there against Oregon. Uh, nor UCLA, who's, I don't know if you guys have checked the rankings lately, now now up to 13th in the country. Um, And I think that Will Plummer is too much of a risk taker that it's going to bite us. And Jordan McLeod, I don't want to say seasoned vet, but the most experienced quarterback on the roster, the guy who might be able to kind of settle things down and build some momentum. Again, all we were looking for is sustained drives against San Diego State. If you don't have a three and out, back-to-back three and outs, that's not a 21 nothing game right out of the, right the game. No, I agree so, with that. So, Adam, I'm curious of your thoughts.
1: Well, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Jordan McLeod gets the chance, because I think the biggest issue for him was just he arrived on campus too late. Everyone said that. He has experience. He's not a, he's not a world beater. He wasn't before, but he knows how to play quarterback. He's done at this level. I assume he's willing to throw the ball around. And the disappointing thing is I think Gunnar Cruz's issues are the type that could be solved with experience. You know, but you also can't have a you have can't have him gaining that experience if he's holding the ball like that and just not seeing open receivers in games that count. You gotta find a way to get through that in practice with more reps that way. But certainly by switching to Will Plummer in a game where whoever's the quarterback against NAU is gonna have success. Right? Like they they they're going to. They're gonna be able to run the ball, which is gonna make it easier for the quarterbacks to find receivers. Like they're gonna look good. By going with Will Plummer first, yeah. It certainly seems like they're putting Gunnar Cruz towards the back of the line. But I think a lot of people would have figured if Jordan McLeod got up to speed quick enough, he would have been the starter already. Because Will Plummer, like I like him. He's a hard worker. He stuck it out and like I he's fun to watch play, but also he was eight of seventeen in this game. Accuracy and decision making are not exactly either of his strengths. <laughs> you know. Like Gunnar Cruz has accuracy and just is afraid to throw the ball. He threw the interception. It was a little behind Alex lines, but it still hit him in the hands. That was the interception in this game. Like physical tools, Gunnar Cruz has more, but maybe just more of a gamer right now is Will Plummer. I, I totally get that and I don't disagree. But yeah, I would think within a couple of games, especially if Jordan McLeod, that his name was brought up after this last game I means he's getting a little bit closer and a little bit closer. And the coaches at some point probably go with the guy who has the experience, and that's Jordan McLeod. Like that's probably it's where coming. it's heading, unless Will Plummer just plays great against NAU and then is great against Oregon, which seems unlikely. You know, like it's his job until he loses it, which I think with second Jordan McLeod is ready. That leash is really short for whoever the starting quarterback is. If it's Will Plummer or even Gunner Cruz again,
0: Brett, but, real quick, but before you hop in on that, yeah. I I think think about this while you answer. To the point of, will Will Plummer light up NAU? Yes, because I don't know if you guys have been following NAU. They have gotten smoked. In both of their games. Like, they, I, granted, both have been on the road and, and it's been, you know, kind of against higher end FCS and Sam Houston State and South Dakota, who South Dakota almost beat Kansas. I mean, that was, you know, whatever. But um, Will Plummer is going to light up NAU. And then the question becomes, how long is he in the game? And then is it Jordan McLeod that gets plugged in for that next however long? Or is it gunner Cruz, like, hey, you're still probably our guy in the long run, or at least this season. Go get some meaningful reps. What do you think of that, Brett?
2: Well, I mean, they they say if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. But what is it when you have three quarterbacks, you right? You
0: absolutely <laughs> have none. Um,
2: <laughs> the the every, Everybody's favorite quarterback right now is Noah Fafita. He <laughs> can't get here fast enough. Um, I think one of the more telling and concerning things for Gunner Cruz who played relatively well, I feel like we all agree against BYU was how fast and, and how, how quickly they said that he was not going to be the starter and that Jordan McLeod was going to get reps um, after watching the film several times and Jed fish, I think had some you know pointed critiques of some things and mm-hmm. it's, that's, that's concerning to me. Um it, you know, I think the the best case scenario is that Will Plummer is the gamer and gives you that puncher's chance on offense. I still think he's the guy that probably has the, the best chance to score some points, but also the guy that has the best chance to turn the ball over a lot. Which maybe that's the best you can do for Arizona right now to be to to beat a team beyond NAU, and you got to have things fall into place. Um, the, when I look at it, I, to your point, Ronnie, I think Will Plummer is going to look great against uh not great nau and i think they're going to use they're, they're already talking about they're going to have jordan mcleod get reps which i think makes sense see how he is in it running the real offense against guys that aren't you know arizona defenders and see how he makes reads look at the decision you can still judge decision making mm-hmm. even if it's you know and and things like accuracy uh cuz you know at the 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 book on Jordan McLeod is he's actually highly accurate he just doesn't throw the deep ball very well and he's pretty you know pretty good at making reads and things like that and maybe that's the game manager that Arizona needs that they want Gunnar Cruz to be but Gunnar Cruz just doesn't have the confidence to make the pass and maybe Gunnar Cruz has the arm but if he never throws the ball deep or can't you know get to a five step drop what good is the arm uh, to have there and so then maybe Jordan McLeod with some live live reps against a real a, a real defense is setting yourself up, maybe not for the Oregon game, but if and when Will Plummer gets, you know, three turnovers and potentially knocked around in that game, it sets you up for, you know, potentially another change uh, not long thereafter. Is, you know, I, it makes me wonder if Jordan McLeod had been able to r- enroll in January,
0: if being would be in a different, completely different spot. I would think so. Um, he'd be in a completely different spot. I, I think that's exactly it, Brett. And so my, my, Right
2: now, I feel like we're two games into the, you know, before the season starts, we think, well, here's what would be like a best case scenario with the quarterbacks, you know, and then like the, the worst case scenario, you know, if you have multiple quarterbacks, you have none. And now we're basically moving through them all. And now there's a there's a chance where none of them have any confidence
0: well, and,
2: and teams know how to manipulate that. And, and, and if we thing- don't adjust the play calling, it's a problem.
1: We we heard all training camp that there was not a lot of separation at the top, right? That was the whole thing. That Gunner Cruz and Will Plummer were the top two guys, but neither one of them really stood out as that's the quarterback. And Plummer played what a series against BYU, and Gunner Cruz was pretty good the rest of the way, and they didn't go back to him. And then it was a kind of a slow hook against San Diego State, like they wanted to be Gunner Cruz, they really did, but it just got to a point where they could not leave him out there, and. I do think if and when they go to Jordan McLeod, barring injury, you have to stick with him. Like, he is the veteran. You know, if either of your two freshmen can handle it, it's because they need experience and just go with the veteran who can at least hopefully settle things down. He just doesn't know the offense He's not as comfortable. yeah, I would think I mean, it's not a great situation, but it's also not a surprise. They went into this season with not a like, only Will Plummer had experience as an Arizona Wildcat and not one quarterback you could say, yep. We know that guy can handle the job and be an effective passer, you know, leading this offense, QB1. Like, that was the case three weeks ago. It was the case two months ago. And it's the case right now. Just the issue is we've seen Gunnar Cruz. We've seen what he is and what he isn't. We've seen a little bit of Will Plummer. We'll see a lot more Saturday against NAU, but I don't know if we'll be able to take a lot from it. And then maybe we'll see Jordan McLeod. We still won't know what Arizona has. Hopefully the coaches do. Hopefully they see enough in practice, and that's why they're saying, okay, they're going with Will Plummer and why Jordan McLeod is going to get more time, because he is catching up, because he is kind of getting the offense down to where he's becoming a viable candidate for that job. Now, in a perfect world, Will Plummer starts against an AU, plays great, starts against Oregon, plays great, and you have your quarterback. He is a gamer. He's in the system. He gets it now. The light comes on, and Will Plummer's the guy. But assuming he's not which I don't think it'd be right to assume any of these guys can be the quarterback at this point, then Jordan McCloud is the next man up. I'd have to think that.
2: Well, so, you know, I like I said, I think they're going to maybe use the opportunity to get some snaps against a real, you know, a real opposing defense for Jordan McCloud. Do you guys see, how much do you see them using this game to get different guys' snaps that maybe haven't played much in the first two games? I'm thinking especially along the offensive line against, so the they the blow them out. against N.A.U.
1: If they blow them out, I would think they'll use that like quite a bit. Get some guys some reps, but they also have to be well ahead in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter. I think for that to happen, like the first and foremost, you you need to win the game.
0: I'm I'm kind of torn on that because I, I think it varies by position group. Like I would almost rather. I mean, I know the offensive line didn't have a great outing against San Diego State, um, and, it, and it was it was okay. I mean, I think that it was respectable against BYU, but I would – I mean, I want them out there for as long as possible. I mean, obviously, I don't want to risk injury because, it, obviously, I mean, the longer you're out there, I mean, the, the higher the risk for injury is. But um, – they're going to need a lot of, a a lot of work together, a lot of live game reps to be competitive at all against uh, up in Eugene and then back home against UCLA. And then, I mean, I personally think Texas A&M is, is one of the most overrated programs out there, just like university of Texas is. Um, But Colorado really isn't a slouch. And so going up to Boulder is going to be a tough game too. And so I, you know, it's I mean, that that's a really good question, Brett. But but I think as far as the offensive line's concerned, I I want them out there together playing as many snaps as possible so that they know yeah. how to pl- learn to play with each other in, in live action.
2: Well, so I have I have two guys specifically in mind, both on offense that I'm thinking of. And one of them is on the offensive line. And I'm thinking Edgar Barola because I you know, he's a guy who was a pretty good tackle or at least competent a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Last year was suspended. I I, it concerns me. I don't want to like put him completely on blast, but Peyton fears is not handling a pass rush and him against Oregon horrifies me. And I'd I'd almost rather see if you're going to try to have Edgar Barola get get worked into that rotation more. I would like to see him get more snaps at that right tackle spot before long before the Oregon game. Um, And then the other player that I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen more of is Stevie Rocker. Out of the backfield, if the if the other running backs aren't aren't doing it or finding some ways to get him the ball, um, you know that those those are the two guys I was specifically thinking of, and especially Barola because if you're going to make a cha- if you're going to think about making a change at one of those position groups, I think it's probably Peyton Fears, and if it's going to be somebody filling in that spot, I think it's Barola. Uh, he's done it before, and if you're going to do that, I want to see some snaps with him with the other starters so they can try to develop that kind of cohesion.
1: Yeah, cohesion is a huge thing, but also just being able to handle the job. (laughs) You don't just leaving guys out there to stick, you know, play with each other. doesn't do any good if they can't block, if they can't open up holes and pass protect. So but I also don't know if you'll see any of that stuff against NAU. Like they should all look very good in that game. And I think if it is a blowout, which I expect it to be, then you'll see some guys get reps. But guys, let's take one more break. And then I don't think we're going to spend a ton of time on NAU because we all kind of agreement that this should not be a close game. But let's talk a little bit about the Lumberjacks and this game that should finally be the end of the losing streak after the break. All right, guys. NAU, the Lumberjacks, the rivalry game that we're going to count because it's the rivalry game that Arizona's most likely to win. Um,
2: it's, it's also the one least likely to be vacated. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um,
1: like, there's no betting line on this one that I've seen because NAU is not, you know, an FBS school. But, like, it's also – this is a game Arizona needs to win. Like, they, the Arizona should win, and no matter how bad you think the Wildcats are, they are better than one of the lesser talented NAU teams in recent memory. Like, they are. They're going to look good. They're going to end the losing streak. They would have played NAU last season, like, scheduled to originally. They would have ended the losing streak there. Like, this is the type of game where you're going to look good, and you're going to feel good about it, and it's not going to mean a damn thing when the Pac-12 play starts.
2: Yeah, I uh the one thing I'm looking forward to in this game besides the hopeful win, Adam, is even look is this the game we're gonna see more than three catches by a tight end in, in an Arizona offense? Because th- if there's a time to do it, it should really be right now, right? Um and we still haven't it's it's still a little bit like trying to find a unicorn in the wild. Um it it's it was non existent against San Diego State. I think there's one catch there. Um, And I really want to see I want to see Arizona's defense come out and just smother up a team that they should have the talent edge over and see that scheme come out and really, you know, take it to NAU and and help them build some confidence and swagger. Because if you're that defense, if you have no confidence in swagger, you're going to be eaten alive when by the time you get into Pac-12 play. So I want to come out of this game with the defense feeling solid and and confident in themselves.
1: You know, I said earlier in the show, guys, how Arizona's just not, like, the talent isn't there to beat certain teams, especially if they don't play well. They, They should have a talent edge in this game, a significant talent edge. They should have the size, they have the speed, and just the better players, like, across the board. And it should show itself in a defense that gets after the quarterback, that doesn't allow much in their running game, an offense that opens holes, runs the ball well, averaged probably over six yards a carry, and has open receivers and some big plays down the field. That's what should happen in a game like this. It's a type where if it doesn't happen, if Arizona loses, heaven forbid, or struggles to win, you're just like, ooh, they aren't any good. But if they win big, you're not going to say, oh, yeah, they got something there. No, they, they should win this game. They should be able to show up and win this game. Like, they should on a talent level. And I know it's an, an Arizona team that's lost 14 straight, but they're more talented than NAU. I think by a wide margin.
0: Yeah, Adam, and you've made this point too. the only reason that this losing streak is as far ahead as it is, is because the, because of the pandemic, right? We wouldn't be sitting here talking about 14 straight if, if it was a normal season last year. So, um, I, if, if, if this game is anything closer than 28, seven at halftime, then. Oh boy. Um, we might go 0-9 in conference play. I, I really I I am not gonna rule that out. I mean at this point I'm willing to rule out 0-9 because I think like, you know, you, you kind of stumble into wins sometimes too, especially if Oregon State and Washington State are on your are on your schedule. But um no, I, I think that uh, defensively, this is the perfect tune up game. Honestly, I'm not the offense I, I, I feel like it really I think that you could pinpoint it on offense to quarterback play. I, I, I honestly think that if, and I, you know, I hate to call out Gunner Cruz as much as we would call him out, but I mean, let's be real about it. Like if, if he would have, if he had, if he had 80% of the mentality that Will Plummer has, then, you know, Gunner Cruz would still be in the starting role. I, I really believe that. And I think San Diego state would be, it would have been a much closer game and, you know, I, I don't think that that necessarily changes BYU because he turned it on early enough in that game and we caught up that it was fine. But, um, yeah, I, I think that defensively, there's just way more question marks. Whereas, you know, offensively, I think you could definitely pinpoint it to, to the quarterback. And, and, and I think that we're about to figure that out. Like I said, I really do believe uh, Jordan McLeod is working his way up there. And, and I expect to see him in the starting role sooner than later. It,
1: it won't be this game, though, but I would expect him to play. No. Like, I would expect no, him to play. Yeah. But, it's, I think it's hard to prevent. I know they've had some quarterback issues. Like the guy was supposed to be the starter got hurt and they've struggled there. Of course they mentioned Ronnie earlier that they have not looked good in the first couple of games this season. And again, we've seen we've seen some not good Arizona a teams really take it to NAU. Like there is a significant difference in the town level and the size and the type of athletes that they recruit and have on their roster. So like I, I like, I know Arizona's not going to overlook them, fortunately. When you've lost 14 straight, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue in this one. But I just, like, I'm excited for the game because I have every expectation Arizona's going to win and when It'll be kind of cathartic to watch. Just Arizona just bludgeon someone, <laughs> you know, even though you know it's not going to really mean anything. It'll just be nice to see and to end that losing streak. But at the end of the day, like, I don't think there's going to be much we can take from this game other than, like, yeah, the losing streak will be over.
2: Yeah, Adam. To that point, uh, my my wife Ellie was, it, you know, she may come down with me to the game, um, and she's like, "Do we have to stay for the whole thing?" And, and my initial response was, "I really want to see them end the game winning. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. Like, I don't really want to be there at a blowout when they're seeing fourth stringers against fourth stringers against NAU. But boy, that would be, I don't even know if it'd be a catharsis. It would just be like a relief." <laughs>
0: Yeah, just yeah. Not, it's not gonna not be even, anything to celebrate. no It's just gonna be go in there and do what you're supposed to do. Like you're not gonna get kudos for blowing them out. You should blow them out. Now, if you don't blow them out, I, I think, you know, that other side of the scale, um, there, there's going to be Oh boy, I don't know. Oh, when I Arizona loses this that. game,
1: I'm gonna get so much hate from people who I mean we're not going to lose stuff on Desert Swarm and listen to this show oh boy, I'm going to get it
0: No 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 we're we're not going <laughs> to lose and I I mean there's no way in hell like honestly even if you went down <laughs> Even if you said that we went down like the entire starting offensive line and all three quarterbacks for some reason were like suspended or something, you know, like I still don't believe that we'd lose the game. It would be probably a lot closer than, than Put what Michael Wiley back there, run the
1: Wildcat, and have fun.
0: <clears throat> I, I just I I think that I think that the the talent gap gap is too wide um, at, at at any you know level of the roster for for them to really make it really make it competitive the the only way that this game is honestly going to be close is, is if we allow it to get close and that's where it's a little scary because it's like, you know, we want to just see us seriously flex some muscle on somebody. And we haven't seen it in so long that it's like, it's hard to imagine. We obviously we've never seen it with this roster with this coaching staff, but um, gosh, like I just, if, if it's anything less if this, if the final score is anything less than, 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 um, 21 points. Um, depending on how it got there, like how much garbage time was there. Um, and like, like I said, man, like 28-7, if it's anything closer than 28-7 at halftime, we, we, uh, ugh, I'm not gonna be happy. Yeah. If, if it's,
2: if it's within, if it's less than three possessions, there's a few things I want to see going into the fourth quarter, or I don't want to see going into the fourth quarter. I don't want to see a less than three-possession lead for Arizona. And I don't want to hear that damn Kenny Chesney song again because it was just as bad as I expected <laughs> in the first game. Especially guess, when you're getting blown out. It was just like, what are we doing here, guys?
1: So we, we all think Arizona's going to win. We all expect them to win comfortably. We're all going to be really upset if they don't. I guess we could kind of end on a little bit of a lighter you note. Know, like all the new things that were happening, right? Like it's none of that works when you're getting your asses kicked. Like no one cares about gimmicks when you're losing like that. Like it, that you can have all the gimmicks in the world. It doesn't matter. Everyone's going to hate them. But was there anything that you took away from like the I know there was like a DJ now Brett like is there anything like, to okay that that wasn't terrible
2: uh, they have uh, IPA tall boys at one of the beer stands that was nice
1: and necessary <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah um now it the I the, the thing that stood out in terms of the atmosphere by far and away was the student section of the zona zoo showing up. Uh, they did not necessarily stay very long. Um, I think they stayed longer than expected due to the the gimmick of offering those that stayed. I think 500 people Jed Fish offered free Chick Fil A. Um, right. They showed up, but you, I, I get concerned. You burned your capital to get blown out to try to build the buzz with the the the, the fan base there, the the students. Um, yeah, by but I'm not gonna lie. By the time it was halftime, the the energy there was. Uh, was it well there was no energy there was (laughs) a
0: typical u of a home game
2: and then and then uh and then when they tried to do the alma mater thing leading into the kenny chesney thing when it's like at the end of the third quarter and everyone's left that actually made their way into the stadium but didn't just give up after 45 minutes it was it was a bit of a comedy of errors um (laughs) and so it was yeah very fitting it, it felt like a it 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 felt like a blown opportunity to earn some positive momentum and goodwill with the fan base in in a couple of ways, and I, I hope that the student section will continue to show up. I um, color me skeptical that they will show up after that game to see Arizona NAU next week. Um, but you know maybe we'll see how much of a salesman Chet Fish can be. How how many you know what is he going to offer? Uh, Greek row a bunch of uh, you know free keg of beer if they stay for the the whole game. <laughs>
0: Incentivize them. That's the name of the game. Incentives. I think. Get them in. I think
1: though, if things keep going the way they have in Arizona, they should make up a new trophy to have for this game. So there could be like they can win an in-state trophy rivalry game something, you know, in the second week of the season, third week of the season. Like take that, NAU. <laughs> what would you call it?
0: Let's see. I don't even think that you could. Yeah. I um, I don't know come on I tried but no, Man, I, I kind of tried but I, I, I just I imagine I though
1: like, students will be there to start and if Arizona's winning by a lot they'll stick around and enjoy it, but they still might leave early because like to your wife's point Brett it's a late game and if it's a you know 40 point game in the fourth quarter like what are you sticking around for for somebody's like I want to watch that clock tick down to zero and watch them win haven't seen that in a while and may not see it again for a while but for other people like, yeah, okay. They won the game. Cool. So, <laughs>
0: um, all right. So last, last quick exercise, and then we can wrap it up, right? Cause we're, we're at the hour mark. Um, let, let's recalibrate. So now, now that we've seen us in action, we don't necessarily know what the quarterback situation is like moving forward. Um, but now that we've seen two games against, you know, two worthy opponents, um, and we've also seen the rest of our opponents for the rest of the, of this schedule. What are we feeling for the over-under? <laughs> oh, that's such a hard question to ask right Dude, now. Because I, I, I,
1: I, yeah,
2: I th- the, the team that played BYU, I think, wins four games in, in, the rest of the year. The team that showed up against San Diego State, I don't think they beat anyone other than NAU. And that might even be a little bit more of a challenge than we want. I'm not. I'm not impressed by that, that. The Pac-12. I mean, you know, a few big games like Oregon beating, uh, you know, Ohio State. Notwithstanding Washington, I was at that first half against Montana, and they looked like garbage. That um, there's Washington State. I don't have faith in being good at all. Colorado, I think, is beatable. They can be a tough out. Um, you know, it's. it's it, it, I, I don't think we. I still don't think we know what Arizona's team is. I don't think we. I think we know they're not going to be a great team. But none of us thought that to begin with. I think right now I'm going to set the over/under. I, I I'm debating whether I want to say two and a half to try to make sure you have to pick an over/under or say <laughs> have it be two and have people call it a push.
0: <laughs> I think I think two and a half. Adam, go ahead. Let's
1: say what are we feeling with Arizona football? I've stopped feeling anything about Arizona football a long time ago. It's just, it's hard to feel anything with what they do. But no, nah, I, I still have them at, if it was an over-under at 2.5, I'd still pick them for 3. Like, they're going to win this game against NAU, and I, I do think they're a team that's going to get better throughout the season, and the fact that the conference probably isn't that great will give them a chance. So they'll have a game where they the running game's good, the defense gets some turnovers, and they'll win. I think they're more closely the team that lost to BYU than San Diego State. I think San Diego State was one of the games where everything went wrong. Like right off the bat, you know they didn't play well, but the block punt for a touchdown. They had what a pick six hit a guy right in the hands. And he just dropped, well, hit him in the chest, I guess, hit him in the hands. I think there was a fumble too late in the fourth quarter that got kicked around the backfield, and of course Arizona didn't recover it. Like, it didn't matter. They weren't going to win the game if either of those things happened. But they didn't have it's just that kind of night where everything went wrong. They're not going to be as many nights like that, I would think. Like there's going to be games where they just run at better teams. Most of the teams they play are going to be better than them. But if they can compete like that against BYU, they'll steal another couple after the NAU game. So if you put that two and a half, I'd, I'd take the over. I think they could get to three. But would I, think, I feel good about four or five? No, I wouldn't. Uh,
0: I, 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 th- I think two and a half is still appropriate be- because if you think back to, I mean, that was the original line. And I think that that line was constructed under the assumption that we would drop the first two games. Um, you know, e- even though, you know, Definitely BYU. I understand the home opener against San Diego State. You know, was, was maybe like a true fifty-fifty in some of their minds. But I, I do think that you know maybe that's where the two and a half came from. Um, but but NAU, obviously, it's hard for me to imagine. I'm still not totally sold on, on UCLA. Um, you know, I, I I would not be surprised if 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 they if they blew us out. Um, but, but I think that LSU, I think they're getting a lot of credit for beating up on Hawaii, who's not very good. And I think they're getting a lot of credit for catching LSU in, 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 in the week of Hurricane Ida and them being displaced and just you know a lot of weird things. And, and they weren't that good last year anyway. And you know, I think they're still kind of riding that wave of, of Joe Burrow and everything they did you know, two years ago. Um, so I wouldn't totally be shocked if, if if we were to pull that one off, but uh, I mean you obviously shouldn't count on it. But Washington, good God, Washington looks awful. Um, you know, Cal for some reason we, we always play Cal well, um, and then you know Utah, who who knows? And then we again, Colorado course, always
1: play well. Like it's we don't like. To Brett was saying we don't know. Don't know. Arizona, who this you Arizona team is? Like we don't know who they those teams are. We don't know who Arizona is right now. And the hope is Arizona starts to improve like week by week. Like we want to see, we may not see it from week to week, but over the, the totality, they will get better, which will lead to points where they have a chance to pull off upsets and they do pull off upsets, but yeah, I don't three think and
0: three and nine. Yeah. nine I, I really do believe obviously NAU that gets us on the board. And then I, I do think because you just stumble into a game sometimes, and then I think that we will just, you know, beat one of these teams that, that we're comparably matched to. Um, to. I mean, two and seven in conference play is not that much to ask. Again, I do believe that we have a good coaching staff, and and, and I do think that there is enough talent on this team to go two, two and seven in conference play. I I, I I very much three and nine is where I still mark this team.
2: You know, it's one thing uh, that's going to be interesting to watch this Saturday, right? <laughs> right before we see Arizona play NAU is there's going to be an interesting matchup that maybe helps us answer a little bit of how good Arizona is or vis-a-vis how good San Diego State is because they're playing BYU who just, or, uh, or Utah that just beat BYU. Uh, BYU just got uh, beat Utah, excuse me. Uh, so we're going to kind of see both the teams at Arizona. There, there's a lot of uh, the, uh, cross-pollination of the teams that we've seen so far, the two teams that Arizona's played that maybe, I, I'm not convinced that San Diego State's maybe not a little better than people think. Um, just based on the size, I'm skeptical of their quarterback, but th- you know, if they come out and, 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 uh, and play well this weekend, you know, does that, does that make you feel better uh, if they come out and take right. it to Utah at home? Right. And that's
1: what we I just
0: don't, don't know. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I, I understand that and, and I appreciate that sentiment. I, I guess I just, I don't like teams can be so different week to week, right? Like the team that San Diego state was last week would not have been shut out at home to New Mexico state in week one. Right. And I understand it was week one. There's jitters. It's different, but week to week, these teams change a lot. And, and it's just all about matchups too. I mean, as much as basketball is about matchups, football is too, to an extent. So, um, you know, the bottom line is we got the doors blown off our barn on Saturday and we lost and we're Owen two. So, you know, if those guys go on to go undefeated and we can say, yeah, you know, we lost to them. BYU is competitive, but, uh, you know, San Diego state, they, they took it to us, but look at them. They're, they're playing in the national championship against each other. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, whatever for, we for still what, lost
2: for, for what it's worth. Uh, i looked up the spread cause I was very curious. Uh, And it's Utah minus seven against San Diego State in San Diego, which I think is, I think that's an interesting line. I think um, BYU beat the spread and when they beat Utah Um, and Arizona looked pretty darn good against BYU and beat the spread there. So like, there's kind of like this, uh, You know, one of those fun false logics that we see every every sports season when this team is better than this team. Therefore, this team is better than that team. Right. And somehow you've convinced yourself that San Diego State is better than Ohio State. Right. uh, By some weird happenstance. And,
1: you know, by the time the season ends, they might be a really good team. But were they that team in the second week of the season? We don't know. Just like we're hoping Arizona's better by week 10 than they are in week two, right? Like, teams should get better. Arizona should improve. Hopefully they improve enough to where they steal some wins. And, yeah, maybe if San Diego State does well, but it's not like we're looking for RPI seating here. Like, oh, that's a quality win for San Diego State. That'll help Arizona's yeah. bowl eligibility like it doesn't. You know, but, guys, I think, I think that wraps it up. Hopefully our last show of the losing streak, the last Wildcat Radio 2.0 of the losing streak, ideally next week when we're back on, we're talking about a win. And even though I said the whole show, can't take anything from it, will wildly overreact to the win over NAU about Arizona football is back and Jed Fish hey. should get a statue commissioned and all that, right?
2: Hey, hey, Adam, since, since I've joined the podcast, have we won a football game? Is this all my fault? <laughs>
1: That's a, like, you could go back and find out. What I'd actually really blame Ronnie for stepping away
2: like it, I could it, never I could never blame Ronnie for anything I
0: I appreciate that I you know it's funny actually that you bring that up because what October 2019
1: was the last win yeah
0: coincidentally coincidentally I think that uh I think I began my sabbatical and then I, I officially stepped down there after that so <laughs> um hmm interesting interesting. We'll have to we'll look see. into so, that though.
2: Sorry. Oh. Sorry, Arizona fans. It's all me and Ronnie's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's not, definitely not
1: my fault. Like, that we know for sure. <laughs> but, guys, we appreciate <laughs> you listening. We appreciate everyone listening. Make sure you're following us and subscribing. You know, follow us on Twitter at Wildcat, Wildcat Radio. AZ is the handle. On iTunes, on Spotify, subscribe to us. Rate us on iTunes. We will read your review if you leave one live on the air. Uh, we appreciate those always. And feel free, if Arizona loses to NAU to call me out call all of us out I guess we're all in this together thinking Arizona is going to win by a lot you know so it doesn't losing. happen hey we'll read that review on the air too otherwise you know stay tuned to Wildcat Radio 2.0 there's always stuff going on with the channel follow us on Twitter we'll catch up with y'all next week talking about a victory and until then remember to bear down
2: bear down